0: Good afternoon, and welcome to Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet, and I'm here in the studio with the late Patty Fink, who is extraordinarily early today. Just knocked your socks off. It it, it did. It did. And our guest today is Christy Noble. She's the chairman of the Republican Party here
1: in Dallas. I'm sorry, Republican Party? Uh, Yeah, Republican Party. No, 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 no. (laughs) I'm on the wrong show then.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I get confused sometimes. Yeah, you got to excuse David. You know, he's he's 85. He's about to be 86, and um, I'm so proud of him. You know, he's thank you. And I've been
0: doing Lambda Weekly for 50 years then.
1: And the Republican and Democratic parties are so similar. They are. Yeah, especially Uh, in Dallas
0: County. Absolutely. And I thought we'd talk about that a little bit. Um, Christy is the chair of the Democratic Party here in Dallas. uh, And the first
2: lesbian. The first lesbian. Not lesbian. Uh, Of
0: a county party, chair of a county party in Texas. No, not in Texas. Not in Texas?
2: No. I would say of the Dallas. Dallas County. Dallas County. Who, Who else has had? Oh, there have been <coughs> Williamson County used to have an LGBTQ and a very out LGBTQ chair. There have been several around the county. Oh, okay. so, I mean, the excuse state. me, around the state, around the state. Oh, okay, okay. Um, we well, have two hundred fifty-four counties and lots of queers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: politically
2: saying, active queers. I'm saying out. Yeah, yeah, so, out.
0: Yeah. I, I'm assuming there have been other gay and lesbian chairs, but. Uh I I was saying out. How in are you? In both parties. In, in both parties, right. Um just not out. Just not out always. Um how are you elected?
1: How was I elected? So um the this was in a a, a midterm not a midterm election, but within the term of a a normal county chair Um, my predecessor carol donovan she resigned at the end of april and so then there was a an election of the precinct chairs um, within dallas county and i was elected by them
0: and normally how are you elected then
1: normally it's within the primary the democratic primary Um, of the midterm well
0: anybody who votes in the democratic party uh, primary gets to vote for party chair
1: yep it's at the way bottom of the ballot but i say that uh you got to build a foundation to go up so bottoms up
0: Uh, i thought say best for last
1: or best for last we can go that way too okay great (laughs) um what does the county chair actually do so there's there's really just a couple of statutory requirements when it comes down to it of the county party chair one is to run the primary elections for the democrats and so we have an election administrator that's on staff and um, we hire some folks to come in at, on a temporary basis we make sure that there are um, election sites during the primary and election judges and, and and clerks are filled and they have that training and then then the other statutory requirement is to have quarterly meetings of what's called the uh, county Executive Committee which um, I'm the chair of and then all the precinct chairs within the county um, do the business of the party in those quarterly meetings and if we need to call special meetings like that so so those are the two statutory requirements within within the party mm-hmm. of the county chair the the left, the left rest of it is really in my opinion and I, I think this is a general consensus it's left up to the imagination um, and the desire and the, the the passions of the chair and the county executive committee um my goal in in taking over this this position is to bring some some unity to the county in 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 all ways um in you know racially geographically um all, all there there's so many ways that you can slice and dice the democratic party and people within it it's the big tent party um, and and historically there, there's there's a divide in the county. And if we are going to get out as many votes as we can and, and hundreds of thousands of Democratic votes that are there for the picking, uh, we have to build the community and unite the community to make that happen, mm-hmm. so.
0: Um, during a primary, do you get involved in, you know, three people are running, Patty's running uh, and she's running against Aaron. <laughs> And fun. then somebody else. Do, do you get into endorsing one of them, or
1: no, no? It's kind of like being a mama duck. You love all the ducklings until we get into uh, the general election.
0: Well, that's why I said Patty's running. You don't have to love all the ducklings.
2: <laughs> well, in this case, though, the Democratic Party we're 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 choosing our own. Ooh. We're saying, who, who are we going to put up on the ballot as the D for this race in November, in the general election? And the Republicans are doing the same thing. They're like, who are we going to put up against the Democrats? And, and so it's a decision-making process for the party to figure out who is, our, who is going to be our slate that we're going to then turn around and work you know, to get elected in November. Yeah. So, so you kind of rely on
0: some of the Democratic clubs to do their endorsing.
1: Yes, there are some Democratic clubs who do their who do, who endorse in in the different primary elections when there are multiple people running. Um, but from the Democratic Party side, um, our, our goal is to raise up all Democrats, right? So, so that's you know back to also what you were saying about um, what is the the goal and and the responsibilities mm-hmm. of the party chair. Um, primaries are tough, right? Mm-hmm. Because and it's a it's a shot, a sign of a healthy party if we have uh, primaries um, where there are numerous people running. It shows that that we are growing, especially on the Democratic side, that we are representing all the different um, issue groups and 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 groups within the party uh, on how they think and the issues that are important to them. And by staying neutral and and loving all Democrats, the The hope is that we can lead the unity effort immediately after the
2: primary into a strong general election. Mm-hmm. So that's when you go, you know, okay, team, make your picks, and then you know the second you make your picks, we're running with them. right. And that's that's kind of really what it what it's about. Mm-hmm. But I would like to point out, though that the one of the the features of being the chair of a county party, is that it's not paid? It's an unpaid position. Yeah. it's completely volunteer. It is. It is a feature
1: of the. <laughs> the it, it's you know not that not that there are elected officials. You know legislators, Texas legislators, they get what seventy two hundred dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so so there are definitely other positions with that are elected that are super important to our democracy that are unpaid. Um, but it's the eighth largest county. In the state or in the the country, and the second largest in the state, what 1.4 million voters and X number that haven't even been registered yet, um, it is kind of odd <laughs> to ha- to take a job um, that's elected and and really feels so very important and 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 not get anything for it. But I will say that I had no question about running for it. It's a it's a labor of love. I think it's it it is super important um, in that in this position. I feel like I can affect the trajectory of, obviously our county um, with the number of votes that we have, and we should be able to get out our our state and and correct some of the wrongs of our current te- Texas state legislature. And if wait, if, wait, wait, wait. Wait. <coughs> Are you unaware? <laughs> I,
0: completely. <laughs> our, our legislature did anything wrong this session? I mean, they fixed the um the grid completely. They took care of the pandemic. It's over.
2: Yeah.
0: The it, it state's great. Absolutely. Okay, as long as we have that straight yeah, we're, out,
2: we're teaching full and full, fair and honest history in our school. school Everybody's classes. a little punchy today. I found out here. <clears throat> yeah, uh, it's but our that's job. the weekly for you because we're kind of punchy.
1: Okay, great. I love it.
2: I didn't mean to interrupt.
1: <laughs> Where have lost, lost my train. Um, <clears throat> oh, about. Yeah. Well, I, I think that that in this position, I can change the trajectory of the, the county, the state. And if we do that in the state, um, obviously, we have 40 electoral votes now. Um, Dallas County is at the crosshairs of making sure that we save our democracy. Or... Um, tip, tip over to, to the other side Which we're not that far from And I'm typically not a dramatic person But it, it feels like that Okay,
0: so let's talk a little bit about what the legislature did um, <clears throat> The most important thing It did was redistricting And when I say important I don't mean in the sense of they did a good job um, Consequential maybe <laughs> <laughs> Yes Yeah. Um, explain how Gerrymandering actually May affect Who's elected in this area
1: yeah. So, um,
0: and just to start, we have twelve Dallas County representatives.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Tanner Democrats hmm? in the Texas House. In the Texas House. Um, ten are Democrats right now. To a Republican.
1: It's uh, tw-
2: twelve and, and two. Yeah,
0: twelve Democrats. Twelve two, Democrats and two Republicans. So we have fourteen
2: seats. Yes. If you count the Senate, I think it's Those are Senate. Are they, mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. Texas House seats. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So. Um, who is affected yeah. in, the, um, in the gerrymandering and um, who, who, is, who are you worried about all of a sudden or which seats are you worried about? Were people put into the same seat? I know in the 2000 gerrymandering, uh, Harriet Earhart is a good example. She's been on our show many times. Harriet was redistricted out of her seat.
2: Yeah. And By four in fact, houses.
0: <clears throat> well they drew the this line. line to her house and drew it around her house and it affected people who lived behind her because she was put into the uh, the highland park district
1: yeah it's insane yeah so so 108 um which is the, the the north central area of the county and then 112 which is garland and kind of part of the the northeast area of the county; those are the two that are held by Republicans. Um, the goal of gerrymandering from the pr- Republican side is, is obviously, to sure up as many Republican seats as they can. And so, wh- what they did with 108 is they pretty much squished it in between uh, 75 and um, the tollway, and took on a lot of uh, the, the north area, um, north of 635 and, and the Addison area. And the goal of that is obvious, right? They're, they're trying to get um, as many wealthy, um, white uh, folks into that district they, they, that are going to be Republican. Those are the, Republican, the the highest voting Republican areas in the <laughs> county. And then with 112, they, they squished it around the, the top northeast corner of of the county to do the same thing and get Saxey and and Rowlett and the the upper parts of of Garland and Richardson, which again are are uh, primarily um, white and and they the, the numbers that they have there um, are obviously greater and it'll it'll take more of an effort to flip those, but it's not out of the question.
2: Uh, definitely within the next few cycles, and um, our, quite a few of these maps are going to go to court. Yes, the congressional maps, I believe, are already in uh, being litigated. Why? Um, Just
0: because one new congressional district—not new, but changed—congressional district starts in Dallas and goes to Wichita Falls. <laughs>
2: Well, it's insane because they're supposed to do it, that you do the census every 10 years across the country, and based on the new census numbers, then you apportion uh, districts to be represented in these various levels of government. And and as it turns out, 95% of the growth in Texas was among people of color. And yet the new congressional districts that they've established will have been drawn in such a way that probably a white man will win them
1: right and 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 that's insane it is insane and and like you're saying there the majority the vast majority of the growth is people of color and there are no new seats with evident people of color uh to, to win those seats so what they've done is they've squished um more areas where people of color live into the same districts effectively um, minimizing their voice in our government, which is obviously anti-democratic, but th- the goal—and it, it, it's obvious—it's not even even thinly veiled anymore as, as it used to be. Right? It, it's it's just right out there in the open. Um, Republicans know they're about to lose power at some point soon, and they are going to stop at nothing. Uh, to, to keep the districts in a in a in a place where they can win every single district, no matter of the. Okay,
0: so um, I'd like you to answer speaking for the Republicans. You want me to be a Republican? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, since
2: Rick Perry was dumb governor. Dumb it down. Dumb it down.
0: <laughs> since Rick Perry was governor. Yeah. Uh, the governor of Texas has been going to California and New York trying to lure companies to Texas. Mm-hmm. And then when the people, when the companies come and they bring their people with them, they're shocked. Shocked, I tell you, that uh, the people that they're bringing with them are liberal Democrats. Like Toyota, when it came here, came from one of the most liberal counties in California. Mm-hmm. And they're shocked that Collin County is turning more democratic. Um, and Christie's just shaking her head. But why are they surprised? <laughs> this is who they've been luring to Texas.
1: Well, here. Well, that's true. That's true. Here's the thing, right? I I personally think that, you know, they're luring, They want business, right? They they talk about that. We want. We want lower taxes for business. We want to have businesses come in and 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 increase uh the level of taxes that they are able to uh take in from a state perspective but then we don't want to give any of the services we don't want to have that complete circle of of you know, capitalism is not bad as long as there's a flow of the of the resources, a flow of the money. And the Republicans are putting a dam in um, that flow and not allowing the social programs to come and, and take care of uh, the needs of the people who are coming in with those companies. Um, so, you know, health care. We're the highest. we the, the state that has the highest uninsured, the highest uh, maternity maternal death rate um, in I know the United States, and I think m- many countries in in, in the we're world. We're third world level. I knew it was yeah. I knew it was first, especially
2: second or third. among black yeah. black women who give birth. They are dying within a year of giving birth, and and the legislature is not even really to investigate it or give resources for a study to determine why, so they can stop it.
1: Right, to do something about it's, it. It's, I thought it's, after it's they fixed
0: the grid, they fixed our healthcare system.
1: Right. Just- uh huh. <laughs> So, so back to back to your point. You, you're right. They they are perpetuating their own demise, um, but they believe that through um, the the manipulation of the districts, manipulation of uh, the laws from a ballot box perspective, and 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 making it harder to vote, that they can um, basically burn this candle at both ends.
0: Do you know how? districts should be redistricted they should start in one corner like el paso and let's say there are a million people per district when they get to a million people on the map that's the first district the next district is the next group and just keeps going till you get to Texarkana. yeah and the only changes they should make on the map is oh if we go up here that keeps this neighborhood together so we'll take that from down here
1: I I 100% agree. I mean the 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 way that the maps look it's ridiculous. <laughs> there's um like you said there's one from Wichita Falls all the way and dips down into Highland Park from the mm-hmm. uh uh, on the congressional side, I think that's twenty-four. Mm-hmm. At least it goes through all the way through the top of Tarrant County, and then there's there's one that uh, on the congressional side that goes through Tarrant County, kind of makes an X S through the mid cities and up through uh,
2: the middle of Dallas. That's Mark Vesey's district, isn't it, it? I think I think it is. It's elected elected officials yes. choosing their voters. It's not voters choosing their elected officials. So if they draw the lines and say, look, I can I can loop in all of my friends by drawing this crazy crazy map that even a puzzle company would not design you know th- for your 500 piece my favorite whatever. redistricting
0: was sure. in 2000 where the i was living in East Dallas the line went down Belmont Street around my house cuz i was on the north side of the street to keep me in ABJ's district and she didn't do that i mean
1: yeah
0: it, it's just they didn't want me in um, what's his name's district that was above us he, he's in Austin now. Pete Sessions. Pete Sessions. Pete Sessions yeah. So the rest of my street on the north side of the street was in Pete Sessions District, but it went around my house and then down Belmont. <laughs> they know you, David. I guess. They said, oh, David has to have EBJ. You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 O N fm I'm Dave Taffet. Here in the studio with the late Patty Fink, our guest is Christy Noble. She is the chair of the Dallas Democratic Party. Uh, Why isn't those words coming out? She is chair of the Dallas Democratic Party. We'll be back with more Lambda Weekly right after this. governor
2: I'm Dallas City Councilman Adam Adrano, and you're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM.
0: And this is Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. I'm here with Patty. Our guest is Christy Noble. She's chair of the Dallas Democratic Party, and we're just talking about, we were talking a little bit about redistricting. Um, Like I said, what about a computer just uh, starting on one end of the state and going to the other? And let the chips fall where they may. You know, it might keep some districts together. It might break some apart. I don't care.
1: Absolutely. I mean, there would be... um there would absolutely be better representation than there is now based mm-hmm. on uh, the
2: the population and the breakdown of net ethnicity in the in the state what's really crazy in my opinion is in 1910 the state of Texas was 15% urban and 85% rural. And in 2010, when the 2010 census came out, that had flipped. 85% of Texans live in urban areas. Only 15% of Texas is considered rural. And yet they've they've squeezed enough re- Republican rural votes... Into all of these districts to dilute, to try to dilute the urban votes, and they're only fifteen percent of the state. Is trying to run the whole state.
1: That is, I, I didn't, I have never heard that percentage before. That is an amazing point. That, that exemplifies everything that's happening. Yes. the few are governing the many.
2: Yeah, they're yeah. very few. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, fifteen percent of the state, and and it, and it just keeps getting worse. There's no real. I mean, look, we see what happened in the congressional maps in Houston. Where they, they looped um, Sheila Jackson Lee into Al Green's, Al Green's district, district. and right. now they're going to be up against each other because they've consolidated a black vote, the black vote mm-hmm. um, in an area where they would only have one representative instead of two. So they're just it's a power grab, deluxe. I mean, you know it, my
0: it's, favorite uh, gerrymandering is when Dallas came out with the 141 uh, plan on the city council. And they gerrymandered the city so that, first of all, there could be some minority representation on the council, which there had been very little before that. But they split Oaklawn down the middle. It went right. It didn't go down Cedar Springs, but it went a couple of blocks over at the time now it goes right down cedar springs and we were told point blank we're doing this so that you will never elect a gay city council person and we didn't we elected two
1: that's right that's right don't mess with us man that's
0: exactly what we told the city and the city's been pretty good about working with us ever since because they they were surprised at the strength of the lgbt community at the time because they had no idea i mean uh, that was at a point where the mayor came to speak to a DGLA meeting, and uh, the next day, the morning news got hold of it, that he had been there, and he said, well, I had no idea what the group was that I was speaking to. Oh,
2: my <laughs> God. Those were the days. But yeah, no you idea. could be. In, if you're in JRs, you're in District 2, and if you're in the Roundup, you're in District 14. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah, right Right down the, the line, it's the same with Commissioner's Court too. Mm-hmm. The library is um, Teresa Daniels, and the other side is I believe Elba Garcia. It's Elba's, right? Well, but they're redrawing those lines too. Yeah,
1: and that just goes to show exactly. I mean, where we're where we're going is that you can do all the slicing and dicing you want of these districts and change all the lines, but progress is still going to happen. Um, people are still going to have their voice heard if we keep fighting, right? I, I will say, you know, the, we, we talked a minute ago about that the house districts and, and how they were, uh, you know, uh, redistrict and the, the new lines drawn and, but there are people Democrats who are willing to do the hard thing and run against Republicans in these gerrymandered districts that were built for Republicans, and that's the only way we're going to really get the representation and our voices heard, is to have people continue to run and and realize that yeah, our our democracy is is under attack. It is hugely under attack in Texas, um, and but the, and time is of the essence. But there is hope. And if we continue uh, – in, in the break we were talking about community and how wearing our T-shirts build community. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if we continue to build our community, that's going to promote unity, and 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 we can do this. All is not lost. It is bad, and the Republicans are doing an awful job, um, but we're going to keep fighting. And that's really why I, I – you know, ran for this position.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that one of the, the big salary. The big salary, which is the I reason am, that
2: Patty and I keep
0: yeah, doing do this, this, right?
2: We are living the big life, all three uh-huh. of us. Yeah. You know, when you know, fellow precinct chair and, and KNON activist, um, Gene Soslow, when he was elected to the board of directors at um, at KNON, one of the things we put in this, this big, you know, please do this for us is if you could get direct deposit for our salary, we could get that zero a lot faster <laughs> than having to wait for it. You know, I mean so <laughs> Do you have direct deposit at the party? Uh, not yet. Oh no. Actually I think that we do. Yeah.
1: Yes, we do. So, we just put like it that in. zero goes right into it's your It's very quick and I spend it very quickly. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: All in one place. All in one place. <laughs>
0: so we have some elections coming up yeah um, in dallas county it's just propositions we don't have any uh any peoples who are up do we
1: in one city the, the city of mesquite has uh, municipal elections there are um uh you know the the dallas democratic party we do not endorse in um municipal elections because
0: um, they're nonpartisan.
1: because they're And I'm going to do air quotes, nonpartisan, but there are several people who are running that typically vote Democrat in those races, Mm -hmm. and I would encourage anybody who lives in Mesquite to go check that out.
0: You know, I actually like nonpartisan local elections because it's gotten some people elected who are well-meaning people
1: Mm -hmm.
0: um, from both parties and
2: probably not extreme on either side. Well, I, I think part of that, too, is that when you, for example, you know, big things that have happened in our city of Dallas, for example, in your, in, over the years, is like the Trinity River Project. Well, what is the Democratic Party's position on the Trinity River Project? You're going to get... Voices on all sides are going to get all kinds of opinions. Mm-hmm. And the same for the Republican Party. I mean, what, what would be their official position on the Trinity River Project? You, you can't. I mean, like on recycling and what can we have more days of recycling or more trash pickup days? I mean, like the, the parties just don't have a position on that kind of stuff that's so neighborhood. You know what I mean, and you couldn't you couldn't pick a position on many of these things that would please everybody in the party, and it certainly doesn't represent. So I th- I think it's perfectly fine to have people who, who, and that's where we get our pipeline of people who progress into higher office, mm-hmm. and where they do have to make some commitments in issues that are beyond the, na- the neighborhood.
1: Absolutely, yes. and I do. Um I think there are many issues locally that that truly are nonpartisan and are really based on the neighborhood that you live in and the people that you live around. But there are some and, issues in the state that should be nonpartisan too, like fixing the damn grid. Well, exactly. But but here here's the thing on that. Right is is that Republicans for a very long time have used. Uh, school board elections and municipal elections, you know, at the city level mm-hmm. to do what just what you said, Patty, is create that pipeline. We as Democrats need to do a better job of, of training, of, of supporting, of highlighting and lifting up uh, folks that have our values uh, to, to 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 make that pipeline a, a good pipeline for candidates. And I'm just going to say I, I agree with Patty that there are many that aren't partisan, but. As the eighth largest county in the country, um, our local elect uh, our local elected officials at this at the city level in the county, and also at the county level, have immense amount of of power and immense amount of influence on policy. At the national level, if we can do it right, I mean, we're we're a, again the eighth largest county. We, if we take a stand and we m- implement some policies like around healthcare, around education, mm-hmm. it but be- it can become the beta test for healthcare policy across the nation, mm-hmm. and I, so I I think that there are nonpartisan issues but there are partisan things that we can do to represent our values that can go further than just our local elections
2: mm-hmm. and I, you know, I remember too when when lupe valdez was sheriff of dallas county and elected four times an uh, out latina yep um, and uh, you know she would she would go to these conferences and speak to to others and you know they would come with come speak to her with awe and ask questions because we are the eighth largest county in the country and you know she was running a jail that routinely serves 7,000 8,000 inmates at a time or, or people incarcerated waiting awaiting trial whatever which she called um, the largest mental health facility in yes, the state yes exactly but i mean when you when you talk about that kind of scale mhm um and you pick an any other really in, pick, pick a county in in Texas where they might be able to accommodate 50 people in a jail for a county or 100 people and they would ask her questions like how do you how do you solve how did you solve this problem or how did you do that and when you have such scale you do have to be creative because that's where change happens it's not going to happen at the at the 50-person jail, it's going to happen when you can really see some progress. And, mm-hmm. and so I was very proud of her when she was, was, was sheriff, and, of course, she, she ran for governor. Um, but, you know, we have an opportunity in Dallas, just as you're talking about. And I think that the county officials and, and many city officials, absolutely, have been very um, active, mm-hmm. proactive in, in wanting to see that kind of change happen. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely. I agree, 100%. And, you know, we were talking earlier about um, about these elections and about people who don't vote. Um, and, and it's my understanding that you know we have what one point three, one point four million voters registered in the in Dallas County. Yep. We have who knows how many people we don't have registered, um, but we're we're leaving three, four, five hundred thousand votes on the table or really not on the table they're inside in the living room
1: <laughs> exactly yeah 500,000 people um were registered to vote in Dallas County in 2020 that didn't vote and didn't vote. that didn't vote so half a million and and if you think about that and again I'm, I'm always seeing it through the democratic lens is um you know the, there's different algorithms to say how many of those 500,000 are probably democrats um any way you look at it Three hundred thousand of those are, are Democrats, and so if you look at that from a fr- from a bigger perspective and a state perspective, in twenty eighteen, Beto lost by two hundred thousand votes. Yeah. So, so again, that's where I go back to. Dallas County has the the, the power, the people, to be the leader in changing our state if uh, if we can get out those votes.
0: So let's. Uh, you just mentioned Beto let's uh, talk about him for a minute good pivot um, yeah I'm, I'm known like for, for stupid uh, <laughs> pivots usually
2: you know during Pledge Drive we have Candy Markham on and she's just she's just a master at this too but you know, he'll he'll absolutely find this obscure, bizarre thing to segue with. Well you were
0: talking about this being a big tent party. Yeah, yeah and I would have said, Speaking of tents, we have uh, T shirts. I
2: can't win <laughs> tent.
0: Up to size triple X. love it. Um, last time I spoke to Beto uh, was oh I think late spring and I asked him whether he's still thinking of running for governor and he said he's thinking about it and he's Uh, more interested right now in getting people registered to vote, and that's what he's concentrating on, Mm -hmm. but he is talking about uh, running. Uh, People who are going to run have to have their petitions in by December 1st, is it?
1: December 13th.
0: 13th, Mm -hmm. okay. So we have like a little less than two months. Is Beto going to run from what you've heard, or do we have anybody who's saying that they're going to run?
1: There is nobody who has officially said I'm running for governor, um, but you know all indications point that that is a strong possibility from from the Beto team. Um, obviously, Beto I, I feel has been amazing for our state. Um, went to 254 counties in in the 2018 election. Mm-hmm. Um, started powered by people, which is is again. You know what? What I think is is the best way and the, the most effective way to get out the vote. And he's been registering people all across the state. Um, if if he's waiting, you know, for whatever reason he's waiting, he has a reason, and um, I think that it'll serve him well if or when he does, uh, you know, come out mm-hmm. and say he's going to run for governor. Because
0: the other choice is Matthew McConaughey, who um, polls <laughs> ahead of Abbott won 't say which party he's uh, planning on running on is a horrible choice, but so much better
1: than what we have
2: anything's better than what we have i have a I have a favored scenario i'd like to see happen mm-hmm. um, especially for LGBTQ people in Texas so the Republican primary's coming up, and we know Abbott's running, and he 's doing all of these contortions of logic even to um, to you know win and capture the the cuckoo vote. Um, and even beyond him is, is Alan West, who's secured the cuckoo vote. Has he recovered from his COVID yet? I, I don't know. That's a good question, if he makes it. Um, but if they run against each other, and I think Abbott would beat him, but I think Alan West might do pretty well. He might say, hey, I've got a sector of the electorate here. And if he would run as an independent... Then and Abbott would obviously run um as well. Then we we need to get our forty eight percent. There you, you know go. What, you know that, I mean? that is Their a great split. scenario. Yeah. Well,
1: who else is in the Republican primary? Is it is it uh,
2: is
0: Hefines? Huff Hefines too. Yeah.
2: Yes, yeah. Another also- another vi- <laughs> candidate vying for the cuckoo vote. Right, right, right. You know, he has he has he has, uh, billboards along thirty five. That I mean, it's. I won't even go there yeah. it's it's a mess. We'll talk when he comes on the show, sure,
0: absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure he'd be delighted to be on Kaewen
1: <laughs> well, I will just say that um I'll just go on the record of saying that um I think Beto has done more for our our state than than McConaughey. <laughs> it's tough right here. you heard it first,
0: <laughs> <coughs> and I will take that to heart uh do you know what I uh, uh, what I can say about um, Beto. I've spoken to him several times. I talked to him when he was first elected to Congress. And the reason I spoke to him, I put a call in to all of the um, new Democrats in Congress from Texas. And there were four or five at the time. He called right back. He said, oh, I have about 30 minutes. About an hour later, uh, he really did have to go. We just talked like people. Yeah. He's just down to earth. I reminded him of that incident when I met him in, um, in I think it was May. Uh, and it was a Powered by People event. And he said, oh, yeah, I remember. And he said, well, it's nice to put a, a face to the, uh, to the name. And we just talked again for about 15 minutes. And I know he was busy, <laughs> yeah, because he had a lot to do. But, but he's just down to earth.
1: Yeah. I, I That is definitely his appeal, his his authenticness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, going into the next several elections, that's going to become more and more important, I think, on our side of the aisle, in that, you know, the, the, the younger generation, they want to see that authenticity. I mean, you see it in their... Mm-hmm. Um, in the things that are important to them and the way they view each other in the way they they categorize each other um, and themselves, they they want that authenticity. And I think that, um, you know, part of what I was saying around the the unity and the community that we have to build um we have to shrink that distance or that perceived distance between, between the people who are being governed, the voters, and the people who are doing the, the, the governing, the elected officials. We have to really try to show that they are just one of us and we are all in this together uh, trying to save democracy and make things better.
0: We need to take a break. After the break, I'd like to talk a little bit about how well Greg Abbott has handled the pandemic. <laughs> Sounds fun. (laughs) You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. Christy Noble, chair of the Dallas Democratic Party, is our guest. And we'll be back right after this. Hi, I'm Cleve Jones, and you're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. And this is Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. We're talking to Christy Noble. She's the chair of the Dallas Democratic Party. Before the break, I said, in all seriousness, I'd like to talk about what a wonderful job our governor has done with the pandemic. And, Patty,
2: you and Christy laughed. For the whole break. Yeah, for the (laughs) whole whole break. (laughs)
0: Um, So how many people do you think the governor has killed based on... The way he has
2: flagrantly ignored science, I think tens of thousands of Texans. Absolutely. We certainly know that the you know apart or in addition to COVID, we had the whole freeze, the snowvid, in February, and that nothing's going to prevent it from happening again. Today,
0: ERCOT Ur- or- is warning that we might have power outages. It's October
2: because it's too hot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, I mean, how I, if we're
0: going to have power outages in October, now part of it has to do with um, plants are being taken offline for servicing, and this is the time to do it.
1: Yeah, they're doing testing of, what, 300 plants in the next week or this weekend or so, so, something. to. But
0: if to, we're under the threat of right. power outages, don't do that.
1: Yep. <laughs> Let's do that another day. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Maybe when it cools off in January.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop laughing today with you guys. This is great. So, um, so I just want to throw something out there about COVID. You mentioned COVID and mm-hmm. the Republican response to it. Um, you know, when the whole the whole question of masking, not masking, mandating masking, you know. Obviously, the mask mandate that was uh, put in place by Abbott, or not uh, in April of last year, mm-hmm. and then when did he pull it out? <clears throat> Sometime in the summer. Um, the, the main reasoning that he that he gave was we have to get our economy back on track. Um, obviously, Patrick Dan Patrick was saying, you know that that our grandparents should lay down their lives so the economy should be okay. Mm-hmm. So They'd be you, happy to do. Yeah, that. happy. Just Th- go ahead and die so we can keep the economy okay. Um, but I- if you look at that, that that is so asinine when it comes down. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, Eric. Okay.
2: What asinine? Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, well, if we're going to wow. use that, then the last qu- the last. Segment of the show, I'll just I'll, I'll go beyond asthma. Oh, I'm excited about that. Okay,
1: um, so the, the the whole thing is look at what's happening right now in the economy. There was no way that keeping our mask mandate in place for numerous more months to keep elderly people alive, uh, immunocompromised people alive, was going to have the big impact that we're having right now. Our state was not able to prevent uh, the the manufacturing and shipping catastrophe that's going on now but they they have they feel that they have that power to do that and that a mask you know letting people not wear masks was gonna was gonna save us and all they're doing is is pandering the to the political right and and trying again doing everything they can to stay in power
2: and to me it's just nuts because the the idea that you would kick somebody out of an establishment say a restaurant because they're wearing a mask Yeah, it's just so insane and so um, um, it's just parading how stupid you are you know Texas is big enough that a good mandate from the governor
0: would be you know what works in Loving County might not work in Harris and Dallas County
2: yep. that in yeah, 168 county sixty vid- eight people in Loving County
0: And In an area that's larger than Dallas. Uh Yes. A county that has 100 people might not need a mask mandate. And a county like Dallas, especially if you're in the central part of the city, might need a mask mandate.
1: And you're talking exactly to local control, right? People in their areas should be able to determine based, you know, based on their elected <clears> officials, what is best to keep them safe, to keep their economy running, to keep their kids educated. And, you know, typically, you know, in historically, Republicans are all about local control, right? Let's make sure that we set our laws in the state that's based on what is needed for the state. Which
0: is why I'm a Republican.
1: I, I can tell. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, and, but what, what is happening, and I, I know I sound like a broken record, but they're going back to the same thing as are saying no We want all the power in the state Because like Patty said 85% of the population Is within the urban sectors And most of those are democratic We don't want you all making your own laws mm-hmm. We don't want you all running amok Without our thumb on you mm-hmm. And so so that's what's happening And it's happening with, with COVID among, among other things
2: And what's really nuts to me Is this ban on a vaccine mandate By Businesses. Now, how dare, how dare Greg Abbott tell a business what it can and cannot do? Because that's a regulation on business. And out of the other side of his mouth and out of his asinine other end, <laughs> he is he shouts no you can't interfere with business no regulations smaller government and it just doesn't mean anything anymore does it because he wants to do that he wants to tell a business what they can and cannot do in in um in opposition to federal um decisions about what businesses can and cannot do
1: absolutely and i mean you hit it right there on the head um the republican party always says that they're pro-business right and they're that they, they want to bring like you said earlier in the in the show we want to bring all these large businesses and large corporations to texas but you also mentioned that the people that they're bringing the workers that they're bringing are you know it, in large part a liberal and and so the state is changing um but what they don't understand, or and I hope they're starting to understand, is that they bring those companies in, and all these things that we're putting in place from the Texas legislature, the mandate issues, uh, the unconscionable abortion bans, the way we're not funding public schools, we don't have the, the you know, people have health insurance. People do not want to come to Texas because it's not going to be a, a good place to live if we don't have all those things that workers need. Um, and so... Just like you said, talking out of both sides of his mouth in terms of, yes, we're we're pro-business, but only you businesses, you can't do A, B, C, D.
2: You can't do what's going to protect your employees.
1: It, exactly,
0: exactly. What the state really wants with those businesses coming in, like Tesla's moving mm-hmm. here and is going to create like 60,000 jobs, something like that. Well, leave your people in California and we'll just hire 60,000 Texans. Yeah, we just
1: want the... We just,
0: wa- <laughs>
2: we just want the business.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just bring your money here.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, money, you know, you can put money in a bank. You don't have to have housing and health care. And <laughs> Education, yeah. none of that, none yeah,
0: of that. Yeah, we're coming up toward the top of the hour. Um, I want to go back to, we have eight propositions on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Democratic Party has endorsed some of them sort of no we yep.
1: don't we don't endorse or 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 take stances on those what we did was we there th- those uh those there were eight right there are eight okay yeah. i don't know why i just went blank on that what we did on the eight um propositions were that or amendments were that we we showed what our dallas delegation Voted for and against when that came up in the legislature, so um, there there were six of them that our legislation our our delegation voted for pretty unanimously. Um, There were some here and there that didn't, and there was one that most of our delegation voted against, and there was one that was kind of split. And so that's the information we have. So
0: the one that uh, they voted against was proposition number three, Mm -hmm. and that has to do with forbidding the state from telling a church or synagogue, a religious institution that it can, that it has to close during a medical emergency, during a pandemic. Um, And number four has to do with judges. Mm -hmm. That one was split, so there's no decision on it, but um, before the show, you seem to indicate "Eh," on that one. It's changing the qualifications for judges. Okay, that was Patty. You you no, went ugh on that one. I did. What is it doing to the qualifications for judges that we don't like?
2: Um I I think it's a setup to try to manipulate um the the courts and the courts of appeals in the state of Texas um so, so that, that less they, qualified people can qualify to run. Well, so that they have control over over who can run um i i just don't I, I just don't trust it um i don't the the discussions around this have been um you know this uh, find trying to find ways to get rid of some of these democratically controlled courts mm-hmm. and um i i just i don't trust them as far as i can throw them um and the religious institution one
0: that just has to do with Safety of your congregation during nobody wants to say you can't go to church, but
1: well, and th- this is interesting because we were just talking about the mandates that you you know you can't mandate or <clears throat> you're mandated not to mandate the uh, the the masking. Um, they they want to control what people can do, but they don't want there to be any control over um, religious congregations. Um, And, and again, it goes back to pandering to to the base, right? It has nothing to do with good, sound public policy. It's all about votes and doing what a special interest group wants them to do uh, to to, to keep those church doors open. We've seen within the the pandemic that everything, business, social, and religious services – uh, gatherings can be done on Zoom. Our technology has, has has blown up around that, and there's no reason to do that besides trying to get more votes on their side.
2: Well, it, it, I think what's interesting is over the last year and a half, almost two years now, um, we hear story after story almost daily about somebody who was super anti-mask, super anti-vax, and was trying to bring other people along and did bring other people along Um, in leading them away from what is sound public health policy. And then they die of COVID. And And then they say, I should have gotten the vaccine. I should have gotten the vaccine. I should have have done
1: the masks. Yeah.
2: And um, it's, I mean, it's daily. It's absolutely daily. And initially, many of them were religious people, Mm -hmm. leaders of congregations of all kinds, who said, we're not having any of that nonsense. You know, everybody take your mask off. Don't wear your mask at church. And take this dewormer. It'll make you good. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are a lot of people in Texas who
0: no longer have worms.
1: <laughs> and 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 yeah. wormless people, great idea. Great idea. Yeah. There are do other ways know, to get it.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I'm so sick of Zoom, I can't tell you. Yeah. But do you want do you know what it did for our synagogue? It brought back people who had moved across the country so ah. they could attend our service. Mhm. Um, it brought in, it, we did one service. It was a joint service with the Reform Synagogue in Oklahoma City. We had so much fun doing that. We're going to do it again probably in January, just because it was new. It was different. It, there were different people singing. There was, it, it was fun. Yeah. Um, we've been able to use our Zoom to do some creative things And it also brought in some people who've been members for years and usually just got home from work on a Friday night, a little bit too late to make it to Temple, but they could make it to their computer. Yeah. And so they've joined us regularly. We have a bigger crowd on Zoom sometimes than we were getting in person. Absolutely. So we've decided... Once the, all this is over, we're going to have to continue Zoom somehow from, uh, uh, from the building.
1: And you know what that exemplifies? It <laughs> exemplifies progressiveness, mm-hmm. right? Taking what we have, taking what is thrown at us, and, and making the lives better of people within our community that's exactly what Mm -hmm. you did by doing that you brought everybody together and that's what we have to keep doing in in texas um around all of these things that are being thrown at us the 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 bad legislation around voting the bad legislation around abortion the bad legislation around trans kids Mm -hmm. we're going to find a way around it we just have to keep keep
2: moving and Mm -hmm. keep progressing right and you know i think we can out creative
1: -creative. absolutely absolutely (laughs)
2: You know, I certainly think we have a better chance of doing that than, than traditional. I I don't know. I I think the the other side is is um, dwindling their own deliberately, mm-hmm. like they don't realize the consequences because they think so short term, um, in terms of, you know, like Abbott's only thinking about March. That's all he's thinking about. Right. Right. He's not thinking about November or the year after that or the year after that he doesn't think that far and and I think we can relate that directly to um to Trump. He thinks about the next minute or the next hour, not the next day and the next mm-hmm. month and and year so he was certainly isn't thinking about all of us, so I think we can counter that with some creative long game absolutely
0: <laughs> absolutely um Next show is about to come in, uh, but I just wanted to get your opinion on what the Democrats did during the first and second uh, special sessions, which was break quorum.
1: Yes. Um, I think that, you know, they, they, they broke quorum because of uh, the restrictive voting, anti voting rights bill. And I think it was the exact right thing for them to walk out at the end of the session. Uh, the, the regular session, and then to stay out uh, for those two sessions. Um, it brought some, some focus and some attention to what's really going on here, which is the, the most restrictive voting law in the country, and pushed the, the envelope a bit nationally to get the Voting Rights Act uh, passed or starting to get the Voting Rights Act passed. Basically, um, I- I- if that act doesn't pass, at, at, at the, the national level, um, there will be many, many disenfranchised voters here in Dallas County and, and the state of Texas. So they
2: absolutely did the right thing. I think they did too. And, and um, not just disenfranchised voters as a consequence, but manipulated elections. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like some of these states are saying, oh, well, we, we can just nix that and call our, the winner on our own. Right, yeah, right Because right. we're the party in power
1: Absolutely And that, Absolutely. that's
2: just chaos That's yeah. not even close to little D or big D Democratic
1: Yeah, we're just losing losing democracy <coughs> Christy, this was a lot of fun Come back and talk to us again Absolutely yeah. Can I throw a plug real quick? Sure um, We're working to get out every single vote in Dallas County And we need everyone's help Please go to DallasDemocrats.org And become a sustaining member at any level mm. um, We need your help And we're going to do it Thanks so much for having me Thanks so much. Come for back again Will, again. Will. Again and yeah. again.
0: And we're going out with some music from Lisa Messiah.